and welcome to the 85th episode of So Talk to Me. Yay! I'm Samantha Broccolo. And I'm Josh Broccolo. What up? Um, n- Not too much. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> another day. It's a good day. Today's been a weird day. So um, I did a couple things at work. I was, I was working with a group that rented out one of the rooms. I was running tech for them. Um, and it, that involved a lot of just like sitting and, and kind of babysitting. So then when that was done, it was a matter of setting up the stage and getting ready for rehearsal and, you know, running around doing that stuff. And then at rehearsal, it was, and then, and then it was just me. So then that just involved me sitting at a computer and running slides. And then, and then, so it's, That's it's, a sorry, Wayne's the reason that I said, if anyone recognizes that, sorry. The reason that I said it was funny is because I feel like I was both like running around a lot and some kind of tired, but at the same time, there were big chunks where I was not doing any, I was just like sitting at computers, which is, it, it was tedious. That's, mm-hmm. that's the right word. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't like I could fall asleep, but it was like, yeah, it was just a little tedious. So gotcha. it's it's an interesting feeling because it's like, I want to go sit down. No, I've been sitting for a while <laughs> and I want to stand up. Oh, but I've been running around a lot too. So here, here I am. Here how are, you are. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I got to go see Jen Wilkins speak tonight. That hey. was pretty cool. It's funny. It actually, I was sitting in traffic longer than sitting and hearing her speak. Dang. But that's Austin for you. It was worth it. <laughs> nice. It was good. Nice. What'd she speak on? She spoke on discerning the will of God. Nice. Spoiler. If you want to know the will of God, open up your Bible and read it. Oh. Mic drop. <laughs> if you want to know the will of God, turn off this podcast and go read the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe God is using this podcast somehow. I don't know. But the surefire way to know is to turn it off and read your Bible. <laughs> That's how to know the will of God. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Did she, was she like talking about any other practices or just like the. She mentioned a few things at the beginning, like, um, not in any like specific terms, but just gave like examples of um, just certain practices like sitting and uh, waiting for a still voice or, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, like just wondering about a decision you have to make and just closing your eyes and opening up your Bible and pointing to something and whatever you point to. If it has anything at all to do with, I don't know, what your circumstances, then that's what you go, you know, like just, yeah. it. it's so funny. It, like all the things that she mentioned, like they're just so silly and way more complicated than the actual simple answer, which is just read your Bible. Yeah. Yeah, the Bible like, just doesn't give specifics of 2019 life. 
a lot of the time. Well, right. But I mean, why do you need to ask God for what shirt you want to wear today? Okay. Like that's yeah. dumb. Well. Um, like that's morally neutral. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not if the shirt is see-through. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there is I'd say the modesty Bible talks involved. about that. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. God does talk about modesty. And I mean, literally in the Bible, I think it's in first Thessalonians says for the will of, for the will of God for you is, yeah, <laughs> like, and it basically is, is the gist is like, be holy for I'm holy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just funny how we tend to just be so concerned about decisions and choices than we are actually about our our heart our character uh-huh. and so we like come to god and ask him like you know give me give me the answer for what i'm supposed to do in this situation like waiting for knowledge when what we really should be asking for is wisdom and those are two different things okay like we don't need God to tell us word for word what we exactly what we need to do as if we're going to actually do it the way he wants us to do it anyways, because we're sinful human beings. Like <laughs> even when he appeared to people and told them exactly what to do, they obviously like in scripture, they didn't do it exactly the way God wanted them to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like why do we think that if we come before God and ask him, for exactly what we should do that we're going to actually do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like we're asking the wrong question. Basically it's not what should we do, but who should we be? Okay. Okay. Like we should be more concerned about our character, our heart being holy and the right decisions will flow from that because we'll have wisdom yeah and the right character in order to make those god glorifying decisions dang it's good that's good that makes a lot of sense i like that yeah it does i thought <laughs> it was good <laughs> yeah yeah i th- i think um it's kind of a red flag if uh if, if you're trying to if you're putting something out of the ordinary into practice in order to figure out God's specific will in something. Does that make any sense at all? Well, like, right. Like he's he's already giving given us his what's the word? Decreative will? Is that how you say it? I'm not quite sure. I mean his decree Basi- is something Sorry, from what I read in the Institutes actually just this week, his decree is like the unknowable. Portion. Oh, okay, never mind. So then, not the decree, but the um, the not not decree, but the what's the other word? Um, because decree prescriptive, and s- right? Prescriptive. Is that yes, it? I think that's it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, his prescriptive prescriptive will and his decreative will or secret will something like that yeah Yeah. like we shouldn't ask god for his secret will because that's it's it's secret yeah (laughs) yeah um 
but he's already given us his prescriptive will in scripture. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to sit down and ask like what his will is like. Yeah. Just ask that it be done. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, and know your Bible. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's what you started out saying is read your Bible. Yeah. So totally. Uh, that reminds me, I don't know if we brought it up on one of our episodes where we talked about Justin Peters, but it reminds me of how, um, he talked about like, basically there, there's no reason to go outside of the scriptures to attempt to, to know God. Like, you know, he specifically talked about other practices, right? but he's like only like, sure. You can try that stuff only if you've mastered the word of God. And no one has ever mastered right. the word of God. Like, no one will ever master the like word Like you of God. don't have to go outside of scripture because scripture is what God has said about himself. Right. Is what he actually has revealed mm-hmm. about himself. So you don't go like looking other places. Well, and like if you have actually read the scriptures, you will see that everyone who attempted to worship God or do something that wasn't what he had commanded. They were essentially either killed or, or, or told to be stoned. (laughs) Um, specifically in the old Testament. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, if you look throughout scripture, no one's seeking to find God anywhere except for what has come f- exclusively from him. Yeah. You know, like yeah. either in the scripture or in the prophets of the Old Testament through his actual word to them. Yeah. And in the New Testament, the the authors of the New Testament usually talk about how like the Holy Spirit is the one that tells you what the will of God is mm-hmm. and you're like living by the spirit, like no longer walking in the, the um, like through the, how do I put this? No longer relying upon the law, mm-hmm. but re- relying upon the law of Liberty, which is the spirit's guidance, which mm-hmm. of course the spirit um, does not speak on his own. Right. He speaks what Jesus has said. He so. illuminates scripture right what god has already given us yeah yeah exactly so yeah that makes sense that's cool (laughs) so don't uh don't mix in pagan practices just read the bible exactly and from there we could go on a ton of different rabbit trails um especially because like um especially in terms of all the silly mystical things that have infiltrated evangelicalism yeah yeah exactly um yeah and modern christianity and lots of mm-hmm. lots of different things that we try to do um and it's interesting too because one of the thing you know you mentioned how you don't see in scripture people who are like trying to figure out exactly what god's will is for them in terms of like who they should marry or their career path or things like that um i think also one of the reasons we don't see that is cuz those choices were we didn't uh, humankind has not had 
that many options as we do right. now. Does that we make sense? We have a lot more choices. Yeah. Like it's a sign of our prosperity that we actually have multiple career paths open to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that we have a, a decision to make when we turn 18 and we graduate from high school. Like, <laughs> are, do you go into the labor force or do you continue going to school? Like, yes, that is a big decision and it does like affect the rest of your life. Yes. I'm not saying you know, don't treat it as if it's a big deal. But you don't have to know God's perfect will right. in order to make that decision. Like, just use wisdom. Exactly. Like, like what's going to cost more and how mm-hmm. will that affect your life down the line? And, like, just use wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to mess up God's purpose for exactly. you. Unless you are, and I mean, I say that, again, i believe that God is sovereign and he knows all things. So he knows what you're going to do. But I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is, um, unless you are like sinning, unless you are not following the principles that God has, has declared in his word, which then you still can't mess up his plan. Right. Right. For instance, something like, something like marriage. Okay. This was one of the rabbit holes that I was thinking we could go down, but we don't, we don't, that that doesn't have to be. I mean, that's that's a a much bigger topic because I feel I being I think unequally we have, yoked. That's what you're going. Well, yeah. Sorry, getting back on track. Mm-hmm. Yes, being unequally yoked is that scripture talks about you know to to marry a believer, mm-hmm. right? Someone who's in the Lord. Um, you can go against scripture and marry someone who is not in the Lord. Like, like my my perspective is that you have like you have options, right? You can you can date. Lots of different people. You can try and find a mate lots of different ways. That that sounded really weird, the word mate. <laughs> forgive me. But you can find a spouse lots of different ways, whether it's um, online or, you know, through different clubs or whatever, however you find your spouse. Um, I don't think you have to be like, you know, asking what God's will is and where to find the right spouse. Just mm-hmm. use wisdom, like you said. And, um, and what scripture does say is to find a believing spouse. Right. That's, that's a qualification. If you're going to yeah. get married, marry a believer. Um, and if you have some very strong convictions, maybe you should find someone who holds those same convictions, yeah. you know, like just use wisdom. Right. You don't want there. I mean, you, you don't want avoidable strife. In your marriage, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you're going to end up with some strife because you're two sinners. Yeah. Um, but if you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Again, just use wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom. And you're not, yeah, you're not going to mess up who God has for you to marry. Right. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. You can go against God's will and marry someone who's not a believer and that you're asking for a world of hurt. Um, but you're not going to mess up his plan for you. So. Right. Anyways, that's good. That's good. I like that. Maybe that should be our episode right there. <laughs> Boom. Done. <laughs> Got it. In the can. That's what my boss always says, but it just, that has weird connotations. <laughs> so anyways, um, this week was Easter. It was. It's crazy. Easter's. I feel, it feels so far away to me. I don't know why. I, I guess the lead up to Easter was like the craziness for me. Yeah. And, and so, now it's calmed down. So Yeah. 
Yeah. I had Monday off, which was nice. We went out hiking. That was fun. It was fun. Had burgers. <laughs> it was good. It was a good time. But then like the past couple of days have been a blur. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. It was a fun Easter. It was. Got to celebrate with your family on mm-hmm. the Saturday and then on Sunday we celebrated with my family. Kids did Easter egg hunts. They loved the egg hunts. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Ollie is still like wanting to go on egg hunts. Yeah. That's it's funny. He's like obsessed with it. That's hilarious. I was actually surprised that Josie didn't seem that competitive. She was happy to get eggs, but she wasn't like, you know, like, no, those are mine. I'm going to get that one. No, well, maybe and next year. Like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. She is only almost two. Yeah. Not quite there yet. We'll we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. I could only imagine when she gets that competitive streak in her. She will. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. She's a Brocklo. She will. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> okay. So I can't really think of a segue into our main topic. So do you want to just say what it is? Yeah, sure. So I can kind of like explain why, uh, why I even wanted to go down this nice little rabbit hole um so i was Lots listening of rabbit holes today it, it, they, there are there Bunnies are these everywhere I mean, this is kind of a it's kind of a random episode sorry guys but uh this is what we got this week <laughs> this is our conversation um no so we i i listened to a book this week and um suffice to say i've, I've never read it before unfortunately i know it's a classic of english literature and now i understand why um I listened to 1984 by George Orwell. So it's a dystopian novel um, about like a basically an oppressive government that um, has like constant surveillance on all of its citizens in order to keep things in line. And um, it was it was really good. It uh, (laughs) how do I say this? It's one of those um, pieces of literature that is more about the setting than it is about the specific story that it tells, mm. if that makes sense. So um, so everything that happens tells you about the world rather than like, it, it, there is a main character and you follow him through the story. Um, but uh, hmm, I'm, I'm trying to think how to say this without it being like giving too much away. Um, although I, I'm, you know, a lot of you guys have probably already read it. Again, it's it's kind of crazy that I'm just now reading it, that I'm 30 years old. Um, but do, do you remember that movie Brazil? Mm-hmm. Like we watched that movie together. It's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of, it's it's actually a lot like that. I think Brazil was, was definitely influenced by 1984 a lot. Um, just because that too, I felt like was much more about the setting than it was the the main character. Like you followed him. Um, but if you thought it was all about him, like you'd just be depressed because you don't get a happy ending. <laughs> right. Um, and so in a similar matter, uh, manner, not matter in a similar manner, um, this book does sort of the same thing. So anyways, one of the things that, that, um, about this, this story that stuck out to me was the way that the, um, that the government controlled speech Hmm. and controlled the way that people talk to each other and the way that they 
that they could like relate with each other. And I say could simply because um, there were sections of this book that specifically talked about how the government was rewriting language, um, how it was intentionally erasing words and simplifying the language as much as possible and getting rid of words that have similar meanings. So basically like dumbing down everything um, in an attempt to have their citizens only think about certain things. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Again, the, the world, you know, you kind of have to accept the dystopian kind of concept that the world, that somehow, you know, there is constant surveillance. You know, you, you kind of have to grant that these things could actually happen. Um, but it was the the systematic kind of dumbing down of society intentionally in order to, yeah, just limit the thoughts that people have. And it brought up this concept that I think is is interesting that I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about and then, of course, you know, relate it back to what we believe as well. But the concept is that, um, that one can only think in language, right? Like when you're, when you're thinking about something, you can only really relate to it by the words that you know. Like if there is a concept that is inexpressible to you, you can't really consider it. Like you have no basis with which you can interact with it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, so th- this this idea from the book was kind of that in reverse of like, if you take away the words, if you take away um, this form of communication, then you can even alienate yourself from those concepts that are even there. So it's, it's, it's a step. So there's there, the first step is, you know, like just not introducing concepts. And the second step is actually erasing the words with which you can understand those concepts at all. Does that make sense? That's weird. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, I keep using this word, but it's an interesting concept um, because I'm not sure that I'm a hundred percent on board with it. I think there are certain things um, that we can't understand um, that we can still kind of attempt to think through. And I think that's where we kind of butt up against paradox mm-hmm. and, and certain things. So, so something like the Trinity, mm-hmm. um, something about like even just the nature of God in general. I mean, we mentioned earlier about the will of God and how he has his decree and then he has his will that he has set out for people right. and how um, sometimes those are different. Like, you know, he decreed that his son die for our sins, but that was an horribly evil act because Jesus was perfect and sinful people hung him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so even understanding that concept of, of having two separate wills that, right. um, like we can know things, but not necessarily understand them. Right. Right. Yeah, Exactly. And I think there are innate things within humankind and human nature, I would say, due to the Imago Dei, due to the fact that we are created in God's image. Um, Like C.S. Lewis said it, and I'm going to totally botch this quote, but he is basically, um, I should probably find the quote, but I'm not going to right now. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But he basically said that, you know, if you find in yourself a longing for something that... um, 
you can't find in this world, like logically, you have to assume that you were created for another world. That if the, and I, I think that points towards, yeah, the longing that we have, the, the innate sense that we are missing something, that we need God as our authority. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to be in relationship with God because that's what we were created to do, that our whole purpose was messed up when we sinned. Um, so I do think there are innate things that um, that are within us that we long for that we can't put into words. But I also think, on the other hand, it's really interesting this idea of of limiting um, the the way that you think with the words that you use. So do you, do you have any thoughts on this at all? I know that was like a lot of. A lot of ideas that I just dumped out. I'm onto trying the table. to process. Does that make what sense at all? <laughs> just explained. So I wanted to share kind of a scripture that sort of talks about this, I guess, in general, and and maybe we can open up this conversation a little bit more. Um, but this is from Proverbs 18. It's verse 21. It just says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So um, that talks about the power of words in general. And so that's kind of where, you know, my mind went to after kind of, after thinking through like, you know, understanding right. and, and the language that we use. And it matters like that. how you use words. Right. Right. And, and I mean, it's, it's a proverb, so it's not necessarily always literal. Um, but it, it, he uses very strong terms when he says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Like that our words actually, they have a very strong weight to mm-hmm. them. Um, and we ought to be very mindful of the words that we use. Right. Um, yeah. What, what, are, what are you thinking? Um, I think that that verse can be used to say some things that it doesn't mean. Okay. <laughs> um, like... That we somehow have the power to speak things into existence. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) That's not what it's talking about. Um, I think what it's saying, yeah, is definitely that our our words really matter. Mm -hmm. And we can be hateful. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or we can be loving with them and being hateful is, well, saying hateful and hurtful things intentionally is sin, which we know sin leads to death. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can, or we can speak the truth and love, which brings life. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what that's getting at. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you see like, okay. So you said, you know, speaking things into existence, you see God doing that in Genesis. Right. Um, and I do think it's, it's interesting as you look at the story of creation that God spoke and it was that mm-hmm. he, he actually created things by with his words. Right. Um, 
And then later, when you see sort of a parallel in John, where John talks about the word was with God, talking about Jesus. Um, so this idea of Jesus being the word as well, I mm-hmm. think it kind of, um, Which, again, exemplifies yeah. how, how um, just the power that words can have. Now, don't take that too far because that is God. <laughs> I'm not saying. Right. God the is the that one that gives life. Right. And yeah. I I think the reason that he did use speech mm-hmm. in order to bring things into existence was because it's a picture of how Christ brings life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's true. Um yeah, it, it, with Jesus being called the Word, I mean, you see how how he speaks as well, um, and and how he uses his tongue to teach, uh, and even interesting enough that that he says that he speaks in parables so that people will not understand. Um, so so there are d- certainly different ways that you can use your tongue. Not that you should necessarily try to confuse people because your mission is not the same as Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, but the these ways of like building people up, um, I think it's it's cool too to think through how like Christianity has um, it has always placed an emphasis on on words and specifically like reading and communication um, because our, the revelation of God has been written down mm-hmm. um, since, since the beginning um, God has used books, you know, the books of the scripture um, to communicate his truth. Right. Now, obviously that was based on the actions that God did um, through the prophets and when he spoke to other people, but then he inspired the writing of his word. Right. Um, so it is through uh, this method of communication that we even are able to understand. It's not something that has been passed down orally. Um, it's not something that has been, you know, relegated to myth and legend, but it's something that God has specifically um, preserved for his people right to be able to read the words of scripture um so i think i think kind of all these things and maybe i'm maybe i'm just kind of like throwing everything against the wall maybe i just i'm just having a really scattered uh (laughs) you're you're looking inside my brain with all these scattered thoughts right now um but i think all of them kind of point towards how we ought to um really be mindful about the words that we use mm-hmm. and and the way that we speak um you know just as Definitely. proverbs said death and life but then there's a lot even in james that talks about using your tongue mm-hmm. um and <laughs> what is it it says that the well, there um, are a, just a ton of verses throughout scripture that talk about the tongue you know, yeah your speech mm-hmm. yeah yeah and how how you ought to be edifying and, right um, you know, how can blessings and cursings come from the same, you know, does bad water and fresh water come from the same spring? Like, you know, don't, don't use your, don't misuse your tongue. Um, 
And so I guess, I guess I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to land this plane, except <laughs> that, you know, I started off with thinking through this concept of what the words that you use actually affect the way that you think about things and the way that you are to understand the world around you. Um, so I do think, I think that places an importance on how we understand and even to a certain extent, how we systematize scripture, mm-hmm. uh, right? How we distill the concepts that, that the scripture presents and how we understand that. I guess, I guess it's also kind of speaks to the importance of theology and, yeah, definitely. And actually kind of, um, putting everything together instead of just compartmentalizing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, um, being rooted and grounded in the word. Right. And I guess that's, that's a good place to kind of land. Um, if I could use that metaphor again, is that, and I guess it relates to even how we understand God's will. What we talked about <laughs> earlier is that the more that we get into scripture, the more that we, uh, just kind of meditate on scripture. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, the more that the word of God, the words that God has used, um, get into us, Mm -hmm. right? The more that we start to think the way that scripture presents the world and the way that scripture presents what is wisdom and what is understanding and what is knowledge. And, uh, when we, when we, have that mindset it changes the way that we actually see the world and it defines our purpose and uh it allows us to make decisions in a wise way Mm -hmm. in the way that kind of that god leads yeah yeah it's one of the examples that jen brought up was the story of uh solomon Mm -hmm. there or one part of his story um how there was the two women and like one woman accidentally like killed her child mm-hmm. by sleeping on it and smothering it. And so she took the other woman's child and claimed that it was her own. Um, and I mean, they don't have like DNA tests or anything like that back right. then. So they couldn't, all they had was these women's words. Like they didn't know, they, they, they had no way of knowing yeah. Um who the child belonged to, really. Mm-hmm. So instead so they go before Solomon and instead of, you know, Solomon praying to God and being like, God, tell me which one is the mother, you know, he used wisdom yeah. that he had about human nature mm. and um and he ordered that a sword be brought and that the child be divided in two so that each woman can have a piece of the child. Mm -hmm. And one of the women said, no, please like, don't do that. You know, just give her the child. She can have the child. Um, and the other woman was like, yes, divide the child in two. Um, and we'll be done with it. Uh, and then Solomon was like, okay, well, the first woman is obviously the mother. So give her the child, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like yeah. he, he knew, um, a mother's love for her child. He, mm-hmm. he knew 
human depravity. Like he, he, he knew these things. He had, he had that wisdom to be able to, to do that and bring out the truth mm-hmm. instead of, yeah, just praying and asking for specific, specific revelation. Re- yeah. Revelation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good. I dig it. All right. Well, do you have any more thoughts on anything we've talked about? <laughs> <laughs> All of the things. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting um, how you how you said we think of things in terms of language and what we know. Mm-hmm. And I happen to be a very visual thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I was sort of confused by that because I'm like I have a lot of just images that pop in my head. Mm-hmm. So were you kind of saying that like we only know those images are like what they are because we know the words that represent them? Like I'm, I was a little confused. Well, yeah. I mean, it, have you, have, are you saying, have you ever thought of an image that you did not know how to describe? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember every like right dream or thought that I've had, but um, right. But when you think about things, when you're when you are um meditating on things, or when you are just like even going through your day in your head or having a conversation with yourself or something like that. It is, it is dictated by the words that you, that you have and that you understand to actually converse with yourself about it. Right. If that makes sense. Um, so I guess I I hadn't thought about it in terms of images. Um, but you don't necessarily like think to yourself in images, do you? I mean, when I think about scenarios and stuff, there are definitely images. Mm-hmm. But the way that you relate to those images is through words, right? Or how do you, how do Well, if images... I'm going to explain those images to someone, obviously I'm going to use words if that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to get at. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how images how you can relate to images without words, I guess is what I'm thinking. Well, I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> Cuz you can look at something and mm-hmm. not really know what it is. Mm-hmm. But you've seen the image, so it's in your head. Do you know what I, you yes. know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that I, I guess you can have a certain a certain reaction to it as well but can you really understand it without having the vocabulary to express what it is that you how that image affects you no and if that's what you're getting at like you can't understand things without having the vocabulary then yes right. i completely agree okay. but that's just not what you said at the beginning you just okay just, yeah you just mentioned like thought process so I'm like, well, what about like images in your head? Sorry. Okay. That's just what popped in my head. So, so okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and it gets weird and it gets metaphysical really quickly because I mean <laughs> you're thinking about thought, <laughs> right? So so it's interesting. I mean it. You know you can you can. It's a difficult thing to wade through, and I don't even have my thoughts all collected. So forgive me for even kind of <laughs> bringing this up in general. Um, but again, the way that it was used in the book was um, in the, in the negative, so that words and con. It, the words um, that, like, basically words were being deleted from the vocabulary in order to uh, control what the masses yeah. thought of, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm thinking of, you know, like a theological term, like, uh, I don't, I don't know what this is off the top of my head. I know I've, I've heard it before, but superlapsarianism. Do you know what that is? That sounds super, super, <laughs> super familiar. <laughs> sounds really familiar. Yeah, me too. Um, so I know that I've I've heard it before, but I don't know what it is. Um, if that word were, you know, taken out no, of the, oh man, yeah, Google, there you go. Right, uh, 1984 did not foresee Google. <laughs> then again, if Google controls Google, then maybe it can delete words by never um, recognizing certain words. Anyways, uh if that word were taken out of voc- vocabulary in every, and <laughs> um, every, you know, instance of that word on the internet was was deleted and taken out of books, um, then that concept of whatever it is now now we have other ways of kind of explaining it because that's what you're looking for right now is the definition of it, and so we have other words to use to kind of explain it, um, but paring down the language to the point where you no longer can explain it um, is it's the way that the, that the totalitarian totalitarian regime in the book attempts to control people. Um, And so we see, I think there's a lot of things in general in 1984 and maybe we can have, you know, in the future we can, we we can talk about more of these things. Um, But one of the things that it reminded me of nowadays is the whole idea of kind of political correctness. And while our whole conversation has been, you know, about words and the use of the tongue, that God does specify ways in which, like, tearing people down with your tongue is sinful. Yes. Full stop. Right? Um, So I I would not encourage uh, using your tongue, using speech in certain ways because they are sinful. Um, but then we look at things today, like uh, the way that, that our government works is that we have, um, we have free speech and that is so that we can actually, um, articulate our thoughts and so that we can articulate our ideas and have a public discourse about any idea. And so that if you have a very stupid idea, that other people are able to correct you, mm-hmm. right? Not that you are jailed for having a stupid idea. Uh, if you have a hateful idea, and even that word is kind of a buzzword now because that word is being redefined. Right. Um, but if you have an idea that is specifically, you know, th- targets a certain group and and specifically um, denounces their personhood, for instance, um we have laws in place we have free speech that allows other people to rebuke you mm-hmm. <laughs> and to present better arguments as to right. why you are wrong um 
And it, so, sorry, the, the way that I was thinking is that the, the whole idea of political correctness, the whole idea of policing certain speech um, is an attempt to actually change the way that people think. Uh, it, and, and the way that we redefine words nowadays um, so that something like hateful means something totally different than the dictionary definition of the word. Um, is an attempt to control the way that um, your conscience works and the way that you are able to have public discourse in general. Anyways, you look like you want to say something. Oh, I was just going to read the definition of superlapsarian. Okay, okay, what is it? It's funny because I like, I was just sort of looking at these words the other day, which is why, <laughs> why it sounded so familiar. Um. Superlapsarianism is the view that God's decrees of election and reprobation logically preceded the decree of the fall. And then it goes on to another definition of another word. Hmm. The opposite of that, which is uh, infralapsarianism, mm-hmm. which is, uh, asserts that God's decrees of election and reprobation logically succeeded the decree of the fall. Hmm. So okay. figure out on which side of the fence you fall on. Yeah. Yeah. I can give initial thoughts, but that's not what this podcast no. is. That's not what this episode <laughs> is about. So we probably shouldn't even attempt to dive into that. <laughs> um, but there you go. Now we have other words to define what those specific terms mean. Yep. Um, and it's... I, I like terms. Yeah. I like titles. Title, um, what do you mean by that? Well, just like... Just a one word that encapsulates a whole thought or okay. like yeah. theology or something. Mm-hmm. Because I think it just simplifies things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if someone doesn't know what you're talking about, then you have to explain it. But in a conversation where someone does know what you're talking about, it makes things cuts time down yeah by just being able to use the terms instead of all of their definitions yeah yeah definitely it's yeah yeah i think that's the beauty of of what having the terms like that is because um the the, the pitfall of that though is when you start using a lot of them is having to go back and redefine them um you know, like I just mentioned how, how lots of words are being redefined currently. And, uh, that's, uh, yeah. it makes well, that's just happened. discourse different. That's always happened Difficult. over yeah. just history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause then you find that like your disagreement wasn't a real disagreement at all. It's what, it's the disagreement to the straw man that you had in your head of mm-hmm. what that term meant. Right. So that's always fun. But yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> um, I like I said, I, I apologize that this episode was so scatterbrained, um, but this was our conversation. Yeah. That's what the podcast is about, right? Hopefully Having conversations. It was informative and got made you, you think, think a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Got you thinking. Uh, hopefully, we gave you some words to chew on <laughs> for the next week. 
but you, if you have any words for us to chew on, <laughs> you can always reach out to us. Our handle on Twitter is at so underscore Just make talk sure they're to me. only words that bring life. Yes, exactly. Don't be a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram as so talk to me podcast. And of course, we have our Facebook page at, that's also so talk to me podcast. Yep. All right. Do you have any final thoughts or recommendations? Mm. No. Okay. I have a single recommendation and I apologize. I'm going to get political. Okay. Um, for just a second. Wah, wah. Just a second. Yes. Um, you may have heard of this young lady uh, by the name of Candace Owens. Yeah. Um, but she is a little firebrand. I say little, but, but I don't mean that derogatorily. Anyways. Um, she is a small person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's all that I mean. And and when I say firebrand, I mean she is very um, uh, passionate. Um, and, and I love it. So anyways, she has a show on PragerU, I think is the YouTube channel, um, that I would highly recommend. Um all of the, my understanding, I've only watched a few of the episodes. Um, now the, the reason I said this is political is because she is, uh, she is a conservative. She's a very outspoken conservative. Um, but her show, the Candace Owens show is primarily from the episodes that I have seen. Uh, she, she, so she's a, a black woman and, um, she talks to other leaders, other black leaders, basically and talks about current issues. Like I said, it is very, it gets to, to politics a lot of the time. That's kind of what she centers around. Um, but also just issues within the black community, if you don't mind me using that term. Um, but I think it's really helpful because she has a different perspective on it than what's commonly heard um, from the news media, I guess. Um, and so I have really enjoyed that they are able to critique um, and able to kind of just say that the black community can have different thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of, the, the media can often paint different groups as monoliths um, where like her whole thing is like, no, <laughs> we can all kind of think for ourselves. It's okay. <laughs> Um, and so I've really enjoyed it. So the Candace Owens show is my recommendation. I was going to recommend it last week. And that was the one that I forgot last week. Gotcha. I was, I was listening to it a lot last week. Um, so that's my recommendation. All right. Okay, cool. Well, till next time, guys, go talk to your spouse and yes. use you if necessary, use words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Bye.